I'm Alex Melleris. And I'm Ty Seifu. And we will start this episode with me allowing you to boast about how you demolished me in the clothes pole. Because apparently, kids these days don't understand the glory of hats and pants. No, I think I think it's you with the <laughs> misunderstanding of what constitutes a better item of clothing. Um, so yeah, as you mentioned, thank you for the introduction. Uh, because... Uh, yeah, I soundly crushed you. I think this is the biggest margin of victory we've ever seen. And at the end, the poll was what, 12 to 2, 11 to 2? Uh, and considering that you voted for yourself, you did represent half of your own votes. Uh, so if we take <laughs> away our own votes, I think the, the final score is 11 to 1. I pity the clown who voted for you and who decided hats and other assorted clowneries uh, were, were better than my elite group. Um, because, uh, yeah, but it's, it's like, this is like 90% approval ratings over here. And so a solid bounce back from the, uh, method, modes of transportation draft. I come back and, uh, absolutely soundly demolish you, uh, in ways that we've never seen before. You know what? I stand by every single one of my picks. Oh God. <laughs> I think I, <laughs> I, I, I went down sticking by my principles with, nobleness and etc so i have no regrets you have no regrets taking hats hats i have no regrets taking most people hats most people pants. don't wear a hat i'm just saying no most people are not into hats and so mistake big mistake and uh you know maybe you'll get more than one one non you vote next time around uh I, I'll, I'll try to keep to you away get less. <laughs> it's almost impossible honestly uh Whatever, whatever we draft next time, I uh, know. Actually, not next time. Eventually, I'm going to get every single vote. I'm, I'm. You wait and see. It's gonna happen one of these days. No one's gonna vote for you. Okay, that's. This is hot air I hear coming through my earbuds. Because uh, 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 is the guy who drafted the hot air balloon last time. Oh, ayo. Um, but hey, at least I didn't get, at least I, I didn't almost get shut out in that time. Um, so, so yeah, that's, that's the draft. Just a a solid, I think I got 85% of the, the total vote. And, uh, that's a good time. That's a good time. I think we got like a solid turnout for that vote too, which makes it all the more impressive that I, uh, soundly destroyed you. The people were angry. They punished you for your poor choices. Uh, they were so mad at me. Fucking underwear. Who takes underwear in a draft like that? Underpants, not underwear. Under, <laughs> even worse, you, you just just the underwear. You, you hate this. What if I went with underpants and other underwear? Would I have one then? I find that extremely hard to believe, given that the, the the whole premise of drafting underwear in the first place in this draft, not even in the last round, mind you, uh, is uh, is painful, painful. And I think, and I also, I think people saw through your uh, mittens to try to neutralize my gloves gambit because gloves are noticeably better. So you know. It kind of did backfire on you, I gotta saw say. Through, what do you mean saw through? I literally explained. I am taking mittens to neutralize gloves. Right, but it, that's the thing. It, it was a, it, it didn't actually. Like, in reality, they don't neutralize each other. Gloves come out significantly ahead, is my point. Okay. So, I guess I guess I don't really have a like to stand on it. You really don't. Uh, I can say whatever the hell I want, and you have to take my word for it, because, you know, big wins. You're the, you're the clothes expert over here. Yeah, that's right. Okay, Mr. Jean Valjean, going to be <laughs> selling tuxedos at... Best Buy. Well, you know what? I, I, hey, I was elected. 11 to 1, as they say. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, that's, uh, that was a draft. Good stuff. So, let's, let's get into uh, the standings. 
Uh, so we did it last week. We kicked off the episode with the standing strikeup. Let's do it again. Why not? Makes more sense given that, you know, we covered a, an irrelevant team like the Habs this week. Uh, let's dive into the, the, the fun playoff races that we've got. So shall we start with the East again this time since it's pretty, it's calmer. We can, as always, save the best for last. Yeah, I believe we should. And I believe we should start with the Panthers who are still on a winning streak. And now it's up to 13 games. And there has been very little buzz about it, um, which I guess is maybe partly due to the fact that, you know, they had a pretty much locked up top spot in the conference to begin with. And now they officially have, they got the Z and or Z next to their name. They won 13 in a row. We've talked like for like 30 seconds about this before we started recording. Uh, and I said something like peaking at the right time. And you said peaking too early. And I thought that was very interesting uh, that you feel as though since the playoffs haven't started yet, that the time for the Panthers to falter will come as soon as they begin. Well, yeah, it's it, this is, you know, a very unscientific reasoning. But, you know, you win 13 in a row, maybe you get fatigued. Maybe it's too much winning and you don't have the drive for the playoffs. Uh, I, I cannot tell, but that's my that's my current leading theory is if you... Uh, you know, head into the playoffs with a say. Say they make it all the way, a 17 win game win streak. Then uh, maybe you're tired a bit and you're not ready for the challenge that I don't know who who would they even play right now at this point. The challenge that Washington poses. Um, now, now that I say that, it it does. Really <laughs> you say it out loud. <laughs> now that I say that out loud, it's tough to convince myself that they'll lose in the first round. But hey, maybe they'll lose a game or some shit like that. Maybe they'll give up more than two goals. Who knows? Who knows? But yeah, no, 13 wins in a row. That's insane. They're, they basically locked up the President's Trophy this time around. I think they they set the goals record, like goal scored record, during the cap era for a full season. They scored 328 goals. Uh, and that's crazy. Yeah, that's, it's absolutely insane. They're riding their offense. It doesn't matter who's in net. Spencer Knight, Sergei Bobrovsky, uh, they're, they're fine. They're both fine, but the offense is just too good in front of them. And it's just, they're, they're looking unstoppable right now. So... They're looking like a, a, you can pencil them in for a first-round W, no matter who they're playing. And they're doing this without Aaron Ekblad right now. Um, but like Ben Sherratt is the number two defenseman. Superstar Ben Sherratt. Uh, so even if, you know, these players, some of them do slow down a bit come playoff time, which, as you say, is an unscientific guess. There's no reason to believe that's going to happen. Uh, Aaron Ekblad, who may have been a finalist for the Norris Trophy if he hadn't gone injured, We'll probably more than make up for it. So I think Florida, I mean, they're going to win the President's Trophy. It's kind of hard to say they they aren't a, a bona fide Stanley Cup contender. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, just They've been on another level recently, um, but just all throughout the season, their lineup has just gelled like really no other team in the league. They've got crazy depth. And so, you know, they're primed for a run. And I just looked it up. Aaron Ekblad has just started skating a few days ago. So, you know, looking like he's on track to... You know, if you can't make it back for round one, at least for round two, I'm not a medical expert, but it's always a good sign when they start skating. Uh, elsewhere in the Atlantic, uh, we have... Wait, wait, before yep. we move elsewhere, yep. one last note. I saw a very fun statistic that Claude Giroux is the first player ever to have a 13-game losing streak and winning streak in the same year with two different teams. Oh, shit. <laughs> 13 games. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's, that's a fun... That's a roller coaster season. Um, yeah. Well, it's a roller coaster in itself to move from philly to florida in the first place but uh that's that's pretty extreme um is there is there do you see if there's any close second place has anybody hit the a 12 12 on two different teams 
Honestly, I'm not even sure if it was an official stat. I just, it's just like, it's so absurd. I can't imagine right. it's ever happened before. Yeah, no, it's crazy. It's crazy. All right. So, uh, yeah, elsewhere, we've got Toronto in second place pretty firmly. They got, they've got five points up on Tampa Bay. Uh, and everybody's got like three or four or three or four games left in the season because the season's going to end on Friday. And yeah, it looks like they've locked up that second seed, barring, uh, you know, they lose the rest of the games, which, you know, Toronto's been rolling. Uh, they, you know, every so often you they make the Twitter headlines for stinking it up against the shit team, but <laughs> they usually come back and win a whole bunch of them. So yeah, no, this team's rolling behind Matthews, who was, who's been injured the last week, but looks like he's back. And yeah, looks it, it looks like it will be the Leafs and the... Lightning, at this point, uh, they've got three points up on the uh, Bruins. And the Bruins are in the first wild card. It looks like, oh, they're only two points ahead of Washington. So who knows what the order... Of the <laughs> could you imagine if uh, what, if Boston ended up as the, as the second wild card? They've, they're only five and five in their last 10. You know, Washington, as we've mentioned before, been on a bit of, bit of a heater. And here's the other fun aspect of that. Over in the Metro, it looks like my prediction... Is maybe starting to come true of Washington passing Pittsburgh because if you go by points percentage, they actually have. Um, Pittsburgh has continued to, I guess, lose more than Washington. Uh, Washington's actually has as seven wins in their last ten as of now. And Pittsburgh only has four, so Pittsburgh is two points up on Washington, and Washington has two games in hand. So signs are pointing to Washington passing the Penguins, ending up in the third Metro spot where they will play the Rangers because Carolina has kind of set themselves apart from the Rangers a bit. They're four points up, probably win the division. And then it becomes a matter of, you know, Pittsburgh playing Florida is a pretty likely outcome at this point. But as you kind of just said, with maybe Washington will pass Boston, uh, the possibility is there for Pittsburgh to pass Boston too, uh, even though it is a bit less likely because they have the same amount of points, but Pittsburgh has played two more games. Right, yeah. So both Pittsburgh and uh, Boston have kind of been floundering a bit, you could say, in the last little stretch. So, yeah, up in the air, who Florida will face. But if they <laughs> if we see Florida-Boston, it ends up that we do actually get a clean divide between the two divisions. That would be yeah. that would be peak funny. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's that. Let's move to the uh, Metro. We have Carolina, as you mentioned. They've, they're on a four-game heater. Uh, but no news yet on Frederick Anderson. I think he got injured a week ago, and I think we mentioned it last time around, and they said they were going to reevaluate him uh, a week after last week. So they, we should get an update in the coming days. But, yeah, still a concern uh, if you're Carolina because I don't think anybody wants to lean on anti-Ranta moving forward when you're facing really the gauntlet of the East. Yeah, I'm looking up anti-Ranta game log right now. Because I want to see how he's been doing in the past. I mean, I assume he's been okay because Carolina's won four in a row. Let's see. Has it been like in spite of him or? Oh, he, he got right, hurt so... today. He got hurt today, this dude. Oh, of course he did. Of course he did. <laughs> Andy Ranger always getting hurt. Uh, Well, it looks like he... oh, in the game today, like in the afternoon? Yes. Today against the Islanders. Oh. Oh, who came in? Who was the backup? Was it uh like Jack LaFontaine? Was it Beck Warm or Alex Lyon? Probably Alex Lyon. Uh, let me That's look. my prediction. I'm going to my post diction. Check the cap friendly right now. Yeah, Pyotr Kochekov. Oh, Kochekov. He's like yeah. pretty young, right? Yeah, he's he's only 22. 22. Yep. Emergency, yeah, so uh, he's the he's the guy now. <laughs> Jesus. Uh huh. Yeah. All right. Yeah, he was the second round pick in not that long ago, just a couple years ago, and I guess he is an NHL player now, and he's a goalie wearing number 52. 
So excellent. I guess. Well, I know Carolina. You know, really wouldn't want him. Uh, you know, playing in the playoffs. And honestly, they'd probably lean on Alex Lyon more if it came to that. Who happens to be in the minors right now? Because not only does he have some NHL experience, more than Kachikov does, he's played 24 games. Um, he's actually been okay in his couple of NHL appearances this year. So, obviously, you know, I think they're really holding their breath for Freddie Anderson to come back, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it feels like, you know, that this has been a kind of a ticking time bomb when you had those two goalies heading into the season. And it makes sense that if it were to go off, it goes off at the end of the season where, you know, they've gone through a full season of games uh, between them. And, yeah, I, I this is what happens when you take a risk on two goalies with both of which have... Uh, significant durability issues and it looks like it's really maybe depending we don't know the timeline of either of these goalies but it really might bite them in the ass uh you know especially if they can't come back for if they make it to the second round uh, or the third round mm-hmm. yeah and they their most likely opponent round one is boston so even though they have been, been floundering as you say that's a tough matchup and especially because Boston kind of kicked the shit out of the Hurricanes back in the bubble. And I know Boston's maybe like a little worse than they were and Carolina's like, you know, a little bit older. But if we're going off that small sample size, it's not a great matchup for the Hurricanes. No, absolutely not. Uh, especially for a team that wins the the Metro like they did. Like we talked about it last week. It's like you probably want to be in the Rangers spot right now. <laughs> you're either you're yep. either facing Washington or Pittsburgh. Um, both of whom are, are much better matchups, one would say, than Boston. So, you know, tough shit. And yeah, Carolina just seems like a team that they haven't been able to pull it together in the playoffs. And it might be the case. It very m- might well be the case this time around. Um, yeah, looking, yeah, I really yep. I really want to keep an eye on the Washington-Pittsburgh race, uh, because, which, you know, will be done by the time we record again next time because the season's almost done. But that really is a matter of you're either getting stomped by the President's Trophy Florida Panthers or you get to play the New York Rangers who have been a power play and a Vezina goalie the entire season. And you have, uh, you know, you might make the conference finals in that division, honestly, especially if, like, you know, Freddie Anderson doesn't come back or if the Hurricanes goalies are shaky. Either Pittsburgh or Washington, I could see, you know, beating the Rangers then maybe beating the Hurricanes if their goal-intending situation isn't sorted out. So that is... Uh, very high stakes playoff race. Yeah, absolutely. That's probably the highest stakes in the East is to is to get that third spot. Don't get crossed over to the Atlantic, uh, because mm-hmm. because yeah, that that best team in that foursome in the in the Metro bracket might be like Boston, straight up. Could if Carolina be. can't can't get its goalie sorted, uh, it very well very well might be. All right. Uh, so yeah, that's that's the Eastern Conference playoff race. I don't think we need to spend any time talking about. Uh, anybody that's not in the playoffs, unless you want to shout out any team in particular? Uh, no, none of these teams They're are worth talking about at all. Extremely unremarkable. But we will talk about one of them extensively in a few minutes. The one with the longest losing streak out of all of them, standing at eight. <laughs> um, so yeah, all right. Oof. So uh, off to the west, we've got uh, in the Pacific, Colorado. Uh, as all, they've they've submitted. That's the their central. Spot. Oh, whoops. I completely misread that. Uh, so we'll do the Central since I since I mentioned it. And also, it's less exciting than the Pacific. Uh, so yeah, Colorado's actually lost three games in a row. I hadn't realized that. They're still they're still going to win the conference. It's already mathematically locked up as of last week. Uh, but uh, yeah, I wonder what's up with that. I have not kept track. I had not realized they had lost three in a row. 
Uh, if you have any insights, let me know. Uh, but other than that, we see Minnesota and St. Louis neck and neck at 107, really just battling it out for home ice advantage at this point. Minnesota's got a game in hand and a four-game win streak. But as we talked about last week, the Blues are also a wagon. So we'll see about that one. Yep. Uh, so this pretty much looks exactly the same as it looked last week. Uh, I really do. Do we want to go like? Oh okay, yeah, I guess I guess we'll start like with the divisional spots in the Pacific, and then talk about the really exciting part. Uh, so Pacific, Calgary's locked it up. They have a Y next to their name. Uh, good for them, bouncing back from finishing, what like sixth in the North Division last year or something like that. Uh, and Edmonton has an X next to their name as well. Finally, I looked in the middle of the year like they weren't going to make it. Then Jay Woodcroft came on board, and Mike Smith got good for a month or something like that. Um, and the Kings are quite close to clinching as well at 96 points. And the only team that could reasonably take it from them, or reasonably is maybe even a stretch, is Vegas at 89 with two games in hand. So what we were talking about last week with LA having a super easy schedule, uh, guess what? It was totally relevant because they haven't lost all week. So look how smart we are. Right, exactly. Brilliant insights over here because, yeah, they, they play the Blue Jackets, the Ducks, the Blackhawks, and the Ducks again. And as you might expect from a playoff team, they won all four games. So they were struggling a bit beforehand, but they used the easy schedule. So there we go. Uh, when it comes to Edmonton, yeah, that's crazy. Like it was, you know, it's been a bit under the radar how, yeah, how much I feel like they've, they've, you know, gotten their shit together with Edmonton, with uh, Jay Woodcock behind the bench. But I think I get the sneaking suspicion. It's just a Mike Smith phenomenon kind of thing where he got really hot down the stretch for April. So. Yeah, I don't know. Like their underlines for their for their bottom six are still terrible, right? It's still it's still very much a dry saddle McDavid team, and so you gotta wonder: Are we really pinning all our hopes on Mike Smith continuing a miracle spring out here at Edmonton? And if so, that is uh, not very, <laughs> that doesn't inspire much confidence. I gotta say. Mm-hmm. All right, I do have to say, um, with the fully healthy team um the oilers have you know enough top six wingers now that they've been playing ryan nugent hopkins at third line center with you know mcdavid number one dry saddle number two which is something the oilers fans have been you know yelling about like you always go with dry saddle or nugent hopkins on the wing usually nugent hopkins lately uh and now finally they've acquired enough high end is maybe a stretch but top six wingers where they have the flexibility to have a, a good third line with a really good third line center there. And I think that's been a part of it. Um, but, you know, as you say, 40-year-old Mike Smith could fall apart at any moment. Uh, do you remember Remember in the bubble, after, you know, obviously many months off, Miko Koskinen had been the starting goalie that season, and he was like, okay. His state percentage was like 9-15 or something, and Mike Smith was significantly worse. And then Dave Tippett, or whoever the coach was at the time, I think it was him, started Mike Smith against Chicago. Yeah. And Edmonton was like, Edmonton was like, you know, the five seed in Chicago was the 12, that type of thing. Yeah. So they were heav- heavily favored. Right. And we spent like a decent chunk of a podcast episode yelling about how dumb it was. They started Mike Smith and he was absolutely awful. And they lost that game like, like 6-4 or something. Um, and basically the thought was that he had a really good playoff run once in 2012. Uh, with the with the Phoenix Coyotes as they were then known, um, and guess what? He's forty now, and he's had a good uh, last month or so of the regular season, and he's probably going to start in the playoffs 
again over a year and a half later. So that's something that I will be very excited to tune into because I will be uh, hoping or semi expecting a similar train wreck. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm 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 holding my breath. I can't wait. Uh, that series might be two of the worst teams in the playoffs. I would say. Uh, Edmonton, Los Angeles. Yep. If, you know that 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 series might just be two pretty bad teams when you consider the caliber of the other ones uh, in the league. So you know that's fun. So yeah, and and their defense. Oh my goodness! Like you got Duncan Keith, Tyson Berry, Cody Cece, and Chris Russell all in the same bunch, all in the same six sum that you play in night in night out. Uh, you know Evan Bouchard, solid. You have Brett Kulak, obviously solid deadline acquisition, and I think Darnell Nurse is out day to day. I Forget what the update was on that injury, but you know that's that's tough, tough look for the defense. I gotta say, no confidence in this team whatsoever to make it past the second round. Yeah, when so when the Oilers' defense is fully healthy, uh, save Oscar Kleffbaum, of course, who's been out for like almost two full seasons now. Uh, they go Nurse with Cody Cece, Duncan Keith with Evan Bouchard, and Brett Kulak with Tyson Berry. Um, and Darnell Nurse, who's out right now, so they they put Chris Russell exactly where he was, and now the officially listed top pairing is Cody Cece with Chris Russell, even though that is decidedly the worst pairing of all three. Um, and I, I feel like feel like you know you look at the personnel here, Darnell Nurse as your number one, eh, okay, at least they're paying him like one. Evan Bouchard, he's had quite a good season. Tyson Berry, he has a particular skill set that's valuable. Brett Kulak, he can maybe like, you know, survive in like a four or five spot, perhaps. And then, you know, that leaves you with Duncan Keith and Cody Cece, who are like, they're both bottom pairing defensemen. So I feel like the personnel here is passable, more passable than it has been. But the deployment is what's really the issue. When you have Cody Cece on the top pairing, playing over 20 minutes a game. uh, And when you have Duncan Keith playing uh, practically 20 minutes a game, just a touch, touch under. And then Tyson Berry, Brett Kulak are all significantly below. Right. But then again, like what, you're going to give Tyson Berry extra minutes. Like there's, there's, it's very limited in terms of people you can give those minutes to. And granted, it's not a good look to give those minutes to Cody Cece and Duncan Keith, but it's like, you know, Tyson Berry stinks. Like he, he's a power play guy at this point. Brett Kulak is a perfectly serviceable third pairing dude. Uh, and so, you know, you're, you're kind of trapped in a situation where you're giving too many minutes to a shit defenseman. And so, I would argue, it's not passable. This is not a passable NHL defense score. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's I, I don't think it is. Even if you had Darnell Nurse, Nurse perfectly healthy, it's just, you're it's it's not good enough. It's like, I don't like Tyson Berry at all at this point. And he's a complete liability in his own zone. And, you know, Keith and Cassisi are obviously liabilities in any zone. So, ah, don't like it. Don't like it at all for the Oilers, yeah. I, I got to say. Yeah, losing Clefbaum was such a big blow. And Oof. they've tried to yeah. replace him with just a bunch of pylons, thinking that they were doing a good job. <laughs> or they gave Cody that's Cici the story four years. Four years? Four years of Cody Cece. That's, that's how they tried to replace him. Uh, it's just brutal. All right. Uh, now for the most exciting playoff race in the NHL. Mm. Uh, when we were talking about you know Vegas and how they're on the outside looking in and stuff, we had our eye on the LA Kings rather than the second wild card spot. But we should have considered the fact that Dallas, the Dallas Stars are extremely prone to losing streaks, and they 
are just coming off of what it was three or maybe it was a four game losing streak. Uh, either way, I remember that they got shelled three regulation losses in a row on their Western Canada road trip. They beat the Kraken last night. Um, but Vegas is playing the Sharks tonight. And that's a game Vegas ought to win. And if Vegas does indeed win, then they will have the same amount of games as Dallas, only two points behind. And Vegas and Dallas play each other a couple nights from now. Is it Tuesday night? Monday or Tuesday? Uh, it is, I'm checking, don't wanna, Tuesday. Tuesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And that, uh, I don't foresee any situation where that is not completely pivotal. Uh, and perhaps dictating the second wildcard spot, especially if Dallas wins, that'll probably be Vegas' death, death sentence. Um, so that is, uh, we were talking about how must win is overused. Uh, well, that, that, that'll be it. That'll be one game where I think it would be appropriate to use the term must win for Vegas. Yeah, absolutely. If there's one game to watch this week, it's that Dallas-Vegas game. Uh, because really there's not much else going on in terms of the league, in terms of these playoff races, but B... Yeah, it's just it's it's just fascinating to see. You know, I'm I've got the popcorn out for the last three weeks, seeing if Vegas can manage to claw their way up. Uh, and yeah, I mean, we can't even take for granted that they'll beat the Sharks tonight because we did that when they were playing the fucking Devils, uh, and they lost because you know that's what happens in hockey. Uh, so yeah, if if they do manage to win this this time around, and then they go and beat Dallas, then they'll be equal, tied on points, but uh, they'll have more regulation wins, which is the the tie, first tiebreaker this time around. So, you know, it really looks like a a game for the, the final wildcards. But what's Vegas's last two games? Do we know after uh, they play You look the at Vegas's. I'm looking up Dallas's right now. Okay. Um, Dallas, after playing Vegas on Tuesday, the very next night they will play Arizona. And then two days later, they will play Anaheim. Okay. So... That is not looking good for Vegas. Yeah, the, the Golden Knights, they have the Blackhawks, and then they have the so easy matchup, but then they have the Blues on the last night of the season. So that's uh, kind of tough, <laughs> given how good the yeah. Blues have looked recently. So Even yeah. if Vegas does win tonight and then beats Dallas, they will still be in tough, considering how Dallas has two bad teams to play against and Vegas has uh, one good one. Right, absolutely. So even even though Dallas did lose on their uh, a whole bunch on their Western Canada road trip, it wasn't you know they weren't any awful teams. Obviously, I mean Vancouver isn't very good, but they're still quote unquote, or maybe their players thought they were fighting for a playoff spot. Um, but you know moving forward, these are these are two completely irrelevant teams that they've got moving on. Uh, so yeah, that's that. And uh, so yeah, that's that's the race to watch for sure. I mentioned Vancouver; they are uh, out of it. They are completely out of it. They Who have, could have seen this coming? <laughs> they have three games left. They need to, what is it, win all of them and have Dallas lose all of them and have Vegas lose some games too. Uh, just mathematically not happening. They lost two games in a row. It's over. It's over for Vancouver. Sorry, sorry, fans. Um, but uh, it's not happening. It's just they should have uh, fired, uh, what was it, Travis Green way earlier. And maybe they actually might be in a playoff spot right now. I have one extra team I want to talk about, and it's Nashville in the first wild card right now because they aren't, you know, exactly home free either. They have the same amount of points as Dallas at 93 uh, and they have one fewer game, which is why they're in a slightly better position at 78, but their schedule is harder than Dallas's by quite a bit. They're playing Minnesota right now. Then they play Calgary in two nights and Colorado two nights after that, then end with the coyotes. So that 
could potentially be three losses in a row to three teams that are all significantly better than Nashville, then all of a sudden you're really hanging by a thread. Yeah, absolutely. So, but even then, Vegas still needs to go like what three and one at that point, and then it's still questionable whether you know. Then the tiebreakers gets really murky uh, because they have similar regulation wins uh, and and overtime wins too. So, you know, it, it, I think Nashville, like percentage wise, they're pretty safe. They can probably afford to lose all three games and make it in, barring a you know Vegas running the table and also Dallas doing good. Probably. So so let's let's say that's how it goes. Nashville yeah. loses all three games and beats Arizona just for the sake of argument. They end the year with ninety five points. Uh, Vegas right now is at eighty nine. Uh, so they would have to win uh, three of their last four games against even if it isn't the one against Dallas. It would be you know the uh, one tonight against the Sharks, against Chicago, and then they would have to beat the Blues, and then. Uh, if all those games are in regulation, then uh, th- that tiebreaker is tied and Nashville would get the edge. So, yes, you're right. It will. Uh, it's not likely, but I feel it's it's worth mentioning anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we might have a scenario if it you know breaks the right way where they have the same number of points, regulation wins, and regulation overtime wins. Could so be. So that, that would be funky, I got to say. But I'm yeah. looking at the, the next tiebreaker. Yeah is uh, total wins, which is kind of funny that that's not like the first primary <laughs> deciding factor, like <laughs> like who's better. Um, but if that is how things end up, then based on the, the, um, the situation, scenario we just laid out, that would also be a tie. They'd each have 45. Uh, and then it's season series after that, uh, which we could look up if we really wanted to. Would you, do you feel like it? Do you want to? I'll, I'll look it up right now. I'll do the run. Uh, meanwhile, you can. Thank you. Is there anything else you want to uh, mention about any of the teams in the Western Conference? Uh, hmm. What else do I want to say about any of these other teams? Uh, you know, here's one. I guess we can shout out one of the non-playoff teams, which is the Anaheim Ducks, because they were in the thick of it for like a while, and then really fell off, fell off the map. Uh, and that was a little disappointing because I was like, oh, the, you know, this team that ever, that sucked last year and now there's all these young, exciting players and Zegris and Troy Terry is a superstar now and Jamie Drysdale isn't that bad. Um, and yet, you know, it's not time quite yet. And they have sucked really hard for like the entire second half of the year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. John Gibson being absolutely terrible down the stretch has not helped. You but, would know. Yeah, I would know as his fantasy owner for the entire season. Uh, but... You know, it, it, this, the, the team caliber wasn't there. Now, if we look at the season series, it's actually tied 1-1. Uh, <laughs> Golden oh, Knights won 6-1. The Preds won 3-2. So, you know, I, I don't know how to proceed. What's the next one after overtime? Uh, the, the next, uh, uh, greater number of points earned in games against each other among two or more tied clubs. All right, so that's if in the case of a three-way tie. Uh, then we get to my favorite one of all, goal differential. Oh, I love this tiebreaker, and I think it should be used in many <laughs> things more often. Uh, and as it stands right now, Vegas is plus 18 and Nashville is plus 16. And if this scenario occurs where Vegas wins three of the four last games and Nashville wins one of the four, Vegas probably wins that tiebreaker. So there you have it. There you okay. have it. Vegas what? is making the playoffs. <laughs> but but you you have to keep in mind, maybe Nashville, you know, they're a competitive team. Maybe they squeak by with some, you know, 
one goal losses three times in a row, and they completely shit kick the Arizona Coyotes. What if we have a scenario? Yeah, 10 to 1. Why the hell not? We've seen crazy scoring games this year so far. Um, What if we see a scenario in which the differential happens to be the same? Because they're pretty similar. It's not not a blowout by any means. They're only two apart right now. All right, well... Then the final tiebreaker listed here, if that were to happen, if they end the season with the exact same amount of regulation wins, regulation and overtime wins, total wins with the tied season series and the exact same goal differential, the final tiebreaker is goals four. Uh, yeah, they're and, pretty close there too. <laughs> oh, they're one away from each other. <laughs> uh, oh, I, I think it might be a play-in game at that point. They honestly might go to a play-in game. There's literally no other tie-breaking procedure on the NHL site. Now, granted, we this is an extremely statistically improbable uh, scenario here, but it sure is. But like you know, looking in any year where we're four games out, there each team has four games left. Like the odds that we go to a you know what is it seventh tiebreaker? They're they're they've probably never been higher. If you think about it, right? Like it's, it's yeah, we just laid feasible. out a scenario where it could yeah. happen. And, like, nobody's like, oh, that's never going to happen. Like, you know, it's a distinct possibility. Not a large one, but a distinct one nevertheless, I got to say. It would, as you say, have to involve Nashville blowing out one team and then losing the other three games by a little bit. That's probably the most far-fetched part of all this. But it it could happen. It could happen. Good. Yeah, that's our our deep dive into a completely uh, complete hypothetical uh, between Nashville and Vegas. But all this to say, Vegas very might well pass Nashville, pass Dallas, stay in the ninth seed of the of the Western Conference. Everything's in the realm of possibility, but they're not. It's not looking good for them, right? They probably sit. I think I, I checked Dom's odds. I think they sit around 30%, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah. Well, that is, you know what? That's higher than they were a week ago, I'm pretty sure. Right. Yeah, no, I think Dallas losing all three games has done wonders for those odds. Uh, because otherwise, uh, they would not be making it, uh, honestly, right? Then they would only have Nashville to catch. If Dallas had pulled off a nice little Western Canada road trip, then the Kings are out of reach, Dallas would be out of reach, and then Nashville uh, would be the only team remaining. But alas, they did not. So we have a fun race. You'll have to see it. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like we're all talking about how like, oh, Vegas is like a really good team. It'd be so crazy if they missed the playoffs. They kind of don't deserve to make it, like, at all. Like, it's, like their stars are back now. They lost to the Devils. And before that, they lost 4 nothing to the Oilers. Yeah. They're like, they haven't been like that shit. good, which is why they're not in a wildcard spot. Yeah, no, this, this is not a uh, a cruel twist of, I don't know, them getting punked or anything. They just, they've kind of been bad. They've kind of sucked shit. There's a really, they haven't won enough games, right? Uh, and, yeah, especially down the stretch, you have these games where it's like, what are, you, what are you doing losing like this? Especially the Jersey game. And I think a lot of a lot of people dunked on them like the season's over. Uh, looks like, no, they still got a chance. But, man, if they do miss by like one or two points, that's the game, right? Like, you lost the fucking yep. New Jersey. That is, that, that's unforgivable. At this point in the season, you know what's up at stake. You know the kind of team New Jersey is. They just fall asleep at the wheel. Uh, New Jersey sounds like I don't know, the way you said it, it's like, well, there really is an NHL team in New Jersey and like they're named New Jersey. Yeah, I don't know. Right. I feel like, um, I was acting with my mom a while ago because she lived in New Jersey for a lot of her life. She felt like people always said not not people outside of New Jersey always said New Jersey like they were surprised by it, like New Jersey, like that's just a natural inflection people have when they talk about it. 
yeah, it's just constantly surprising people by its existence. Uh, and yeah, no, the really the, the only remarkable thing about that team is that jersey with jersey on it from New Jersey. The jersey jersey. Their jersey jersey. It's man, what a fun what a fun word, jersey. That's even it's spelled weird and shit too. You know, it's like, God, I gotta say. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, no, what a completely irrelevant team. Like you have Jack Hughes, and that's it. Like BK Subban's fun, but he's washed. And you don't even have him these days. He's out for the rest of the year, as of like a couple weeks ago. There we go. So there's nothing worth new watching New Jersey, um, other than the Jersey Jersey. Whenever they pull that out. Here's a fun little piece of trivia for you. What yeah. goalie was playing for the Devils when they beat Vegas last week? Was it Nico Dawes? It was not Nico Dawes. John Gillies? It was not John Gillies. Who? <laughs> Who's that? It was New Jersey goalie. <laughs> Andrew Hammond. Oh, right. They got Hamburglared. How could I forget? Of course. What, what an icon. Former Hab. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Andrew Hammond may be the reason Vegas misses the playoffs. That's too good. And since Montreal traded him to Vegas, it's actually Montreal's fault that Vegas is going to miss the playoffs. So there we go. The Habs did it. They accomplished something this Montreal year. Montreal also stole Nick Suzuki from Vegas, so there's another reason why it's their fault. Yeah, we're just manufacturing the Montreal-Vegas beef right now. Um, yeah, we have, we're the Dallas bias here, the Montreal-Dallas conspiracy. <laughs> well, yeah, Montreal just eliminated Vegas last year, right, in the playoffs. So this is, oh, they uh, sure did. Real, real dunking on him situation where, where Vegas just keeps getting dunked on by Montreal. You'll have to see it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, speaking of Montreal, why don't we actually talk about them now? Crazy. What a segue. A plus. We planned that <laughs> <Okay>. one. <laughs> All right. Uh, first, oh, on oh, Tuesday. Before we, before we get there, we didn't even mention when it comes to Vegas, their goalie situation. Uh, where? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Robin Lehner, uh, all of a sudden, kind of out of nowhere. Well, he's been dealing with an injury for a month, apparently. But, yeah, he, he underwent se- season-ending uh, surgery. I don't, I don't recall which, what body part he had surgeried. But yeah, they're they're rolling without like is it it's not is it Laurent Brassois? I don't remember who it is. Um, they don't but, have him either. Yeah, so it's Logan Thompson. Oh right, that's true. Yes, we we talked about this earlier this week. But yeah, they're <laughs> they're rolling with 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 uh, Logan Thompson down the stretch. So you know they very well might blow it against the Sharks because you have Logan Thompson in net. Nothing is a given at this point. Uh, but yeah, that's very inopportune time. And even if they do make it to the playoffs, they don't have a goalie. So, you know, maybe <laughs> so they might they might very well be a very easy matchup because they have no goalie. So Robin Leonard's injury is knee. Okay. Um, he's still on the roster, and it's I feel like it's been a couple days. I don't know why they wouldn't put him on LTIR. Of course, you know I don't know the rules, and there's always some you know extra reason you can or can't do something. Uh, but it would seem to me. And if you put Robin Leonard on LTIR, who has the exact same cap hit as Riley Smith, then you could take Riley Smith off the LTIR. Uh, when, you know, we're all, of course, operating with the assumption that Riley Smith could play if they really wanted him to. Um, but either way, you all know that I am constantly sold on goalies being really good in short sample, small sample sizes. Uh, and Logan Thompson... As a 9.20 save percentage in 15 NHL games, uh, and that is compared to Robin Leonard's 9.07 and Laurent Brossois' 8.95. So Logan Thompson has been adequate and successful. I feel like we had the same conversation a few weeks ago about Eric Shalgren when he had like two good games. I was like, I'm in. 
Eric Shulgin's great. And you were like, why? how could you be so stupid? And here, you know why? Here's why. Because we, we goalies could be great for five years in a row and then start to suck. And after those five years, we go, hey, look, they're great. And they're not anymore. So what's the difference if it's only after 15 games where I go, hey, look, this goalie's great. And then he starts to suck. There. All right. So he's, his argument is there's no difference between 15 days and five years. Uh, it's just the argument it's is, all the same. The it's all a coin flip. Predictable. So if a goalie is really good, I go, hey, the goalie's really good. And if the goalie's really bad, I go, hey, the goalie's really bad. Fair and enough. in any situation, no matter how long it's been, I know it might change in the future. All right, that's that's a, that's an interesting approach. I gotta say, he's just, he's just. There's no structure whatsoever to the goaltending position. And actually, you know what? I looked it up, and I because I remember seeing some whispers on Twitter about is he actually going to go under, undergo that surgery? I looked it up. He hasn't undergone the surgery yet, and they're hopeful that he can play today. Robin Leonard, Leonard that is yes. So I they already said he was out for the year. I thought they did too, but then I remember seeing on Twitter there was like some people like were like, no, he's not. He's not undergoing the surgery yet. So up in the air, strange situation. I got to say, yeah, he's playing on a knee that needs surgery apparently and has needed surgery for a while. And he has sucked shit. Everyone knows it now. Yeah. (laughs) And so, you know, if he sucks, if he sucks against the Sharks, then he gives up a bunch of goals. You know why? Uh, And yeah, he might play tonight is the Sportsnet article from 22 hours ago. Uh, okay, no, it looks like he's going to be the backup. As of six hours ago on TSN, he is going to be the backup okay. to Logan Thompson. So that's the end of the saga. Now we know. Okay, which is still like unreasonable if the goalie is injured and needs surgery. Sure, yes. But I think I think the thing, as with like all NHL players, they're probably all hurt at a certain point, and they could all use some surgery. Um, so... Yes, it's alarming that he needs season-ending surgery, and so this makes it a particularly exceptional case. But I think I'm sure goalie plays goalies play injured all the time. I mean, like you look at Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell was injured for a whole bunch of time before he went off uh, on IR for a while. So, you know, I don't think this is completely outside of the norm. Other than it got leaked that he needs urgent surgery, which makes it yeah, right. Which weird. It does make it a lot weirder and more like camera like, you know, pants to the Vegas bench. There's Robin Leonard, the goalie who needs surgery sitting there, not getting it. Yeah, I get but then again, we do see reports, you know, like, oh, after the season's over, so and so is gonna get some surgery. Um do we or do we just get like speculation? No, I think we do get that kind of thing. Like every so often it's just like they can put it off, but it's probably not great for, you know, the 70, 60, 70 year old version of themselves. Uh, but I think this is the reality of sports. Uh, this just seems to be a particularly urgent, like extreme case where it was actually leaked that he, you know, needs season ending surgery and he was going to get it until he didn't. Yeah. That, that must've been, you know, like a mistake on someone's part of like making the announcement before it was official. Because I'm sure those discussions do happen behind the scenes, where it's like, should I get the surgery? Should I not get the surgery? Okay, I'll do it. Never mind, I won't. And I guess just, you know, maybe there was a big gap in time between the okay, I'll do it, and then never mind, I won't, during which everyone found out about it. Right. So, yeah, funky, funky shit. Uh, And hopefully he doesn't aggravate anything. Or hopefully he doesn't play at all, honestly, for for his safety and health. But... Yep. Anyways, so that's that. Anyways, so yeah, uh, I uh, interrupted the Habs intro, but we'll, we'll get back to it now. 
Uh, so yeah, three games this week for the Habs, as we mentioned earlier. They stink. Uh, they lost all of them, and they are currently on a, I think, nine-game losing streak. Um, oh, it's up to nine. I thought it was only eight. Maybe it is eight. Honestly, I don't know at this point. But I thought I'd just preface it with that uh, because, uh, yeah, that, that, there's really not much else to say in, in a broad picture kind of sense. So, yeah, we, do, we actually did go to the, uh, the first game of the week, which is the reason why uh, we picked the Habs this week. They were playing the Wild. Uh, we had a couple of remark- notable events. We both got free bobbleheads of Yvonne Cournoyer because it was Yvonne Cournoyer night, apparently, uh, because, I don't know, 45th anniversary of the greatest team ever of the Habs or some shit like that. And it's like, cool, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't really care, but thanks for the free shit. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and then the other thing, the other notable event of this pretty drab matchup, I got to say, uh, because the Habs are involved, was Mitchell Chaffee, uh, who is a wild forward who just got called up from Iowa and made his NHL debut. Uh, can't say it was particularly remarkable other than that I remarked him every time he stepped on the ice, but he didn't do much else, but it was fun to see anyways. He came out uh, in the you know the warm-up skate, did his own lap by himself, as is the tradition, and uh, good stuff. Congratulations, buddy. Yeah, uh, we had a great time at the game, despite the fact that it was objectively an extremely boring game. Um, it was. Well, did you even mention what the score was? It was two nothing Minnesota. Uh, Fiala, I think, go, yep. got the first one on the power play in the first period. Then Matthew Boldy scored a really impressive between through the legs goal in the third period, and that was it. We thought the Habs scored for a second in the second period. Um, but uh, it got called back for goal interference, and we were we were both, I think we were along with everyone else in the arena, aggravated and confused by the fact that while the refs were reviewing the play, they weren't showing it on the jumbotron, which I assume is common practice. At home, of course, you know when you watch it on TV and stuff, you they sh- they show you it. And they like say what they think, and you get to say what you think. But we were just kind of sitting there clueless. Like, can we see what the refs are looking at? Like, can we know what the play was? Can we see the replay? And then after the call was made, then we saw it again. And I gotta say, it was a pretty weak call. Yeah, this is my uh, big beef of the night was the whole replay sequence. Because, yeah, both of us were left like standing there, uh, wondering why they just called the goal off. Now, I don't know if it's legitimate goaltender interference. It is ticky-tacky. It is hard to tell, as it is with all these kind of calls. But we never got an explanation. And yeah, we didn't get to see the fucking replay while they were doing the replay. Like, people watching at home had a better, you know, much better viewing experience of that replay sequence. Because everybody, they didn't show shit on the Jumbotron. And yeah, so that was terrible. So they just called it a no goal. And I'm still pretty confused as to why. Apparently, there was goaltender interference on Cam Talbot. Uh, but, But yeah. I just don't know. They could make that much better for the fans by just, I don't know, showing the replay, uh, you might think. Um, otherwise, yeah, there was just no playmakers on the Habs. Was the was the was really the takeaway I came away. You know, they get their chances every so often. Both Pitlicks had a solid chance. I mean, it was Tyler who scored the goal that got called back. Rem had a breakaway. I think Tyler had a breakaway too on their nice little rushes. So that was cool. It's like, okay, the Pitlicks are here, came here to play. But it seemed like nobody else really did. I mean, Cole Caulfield had some nice moments. Nick Suzuki had a nice play where he almost scored in front of the net. But it really it really goes to show, aside from those two, Suzuki and Caulfield, there are really, like, no playmakers on this team. I got to say. There's just, there's no, they're devoid of, like, you know, great talent. Now, there's some solid pieces. 
assets with value. I'm not saying, you know, completely devoid of talent here, but it really it just seems like there's two players that appeal that I would want to watch on any given night that would do something remarkable. You can count on them to do that. Yeah, I think it says a lot that it's bobblehead night and you have to pick a guy who played 45 years ago, you know? <laughs> you think you think most teams, you know, would pick a current player. And a few years ago the Habs were, it was always like, you know, like Shea Weber, Thomas Tatar, Philip Dano, that type of thing. Uh and, you know, I honestly when you're in the playoffs, you know, fans would probably be excited about getting like a Paul Byron bobblehead or whatever or a Ben Sherat bobblehead because, you know, they like the team. And now when you're, you know, near the bottom of the NHL standings, and you said they have three marketable stars, and they are, of course, you know, Suzuki, Caulfield, and Price. And Price's marketability is all based on things he did seven years ago. Uh, and what I said in response to that was, they've been trying really hard with Josh Anderson, though. <laughs> and they have been. <laughs> They have it. They really have. Uh, and I, I think I said to respond, he's like Mr. Boom Boom guy. He does the hits, uh, uh, you know? And so, you know, they've tried. But yeah, no, it's like it, <laughs> this roster is just there. You're right. Like they just picked some random fucking team from 45 years ago, called it a 45 year anniversary and handed out bobbleheads. Like, you know, like I think it's very debatable what the greatest season of the greatest hab season of all time is. Look, I'm not familiar with the history, to be totally honest, but I'm sure they're like they won like six cups in a row, right? Like, I'm I think sure the consensus is whatever year, whatever year they only lost eight games. I my, I don't remember what uh, year that was, but I think that's the year okay. people go. That was the best one, which is maybe well, it better like be the one. It better be the one that was exactly forty five years ago, um, or else it's really a, a full marketing scam to call it the greatest team of all time. But it was free, so I can't complain. But it, it does seem excessively stupid. And like you know, if you had a bobblehead series, I think there are five of them this year. Like, could you give up five players that are like you know? remarkable enough like we we saw we were there were banners up there we were sitting at the top of these players you, you saw you know suzuki caulfield you know gallagher's marketable because he did shit as you like you know in the past carrie price obviously but then who's the fifth guy what you're gonna give me a, a bobblehead of rem fucking pitlick i don't know like michael hoffman noted salary cup liability that you just signed this season like there's nobody there's nobody appealing like yoel armia noted bottom six guy so it's tough it's tough, I gotta say. I feel like, okay, current players, they could have done a bobblehead night for that we wouldn't have laughed about. Price, Petrie, Suzuki, Caulfield, Gallagher, Josh Anderson, which we would have laughed a little bit, but like you would understand. Uh, if everyone else, you know, is like, okay, chill out there. Dvorak, Hoffman, Armia, Edmondson, that type of thing. Like Roman up might have been reasonable because he's young, yeah. Yeah, he's borderline. I think Petrie is also borderline. I think it's generous to say he's bobblehead worthy at this point in his career, but uh, he's been fine recently. I guess he's popular because of his history. Uh, so yeah, no, it's it's <laughs> it's tough to work with. You know, I feel like every other Habs poster that I see out there when I'm walking about is like Suzuki or Caulfield because that's that's really all mm -hmm. that's left. Have you seen any Carey Price marketing? I haven't. I understand he hasn't been there all season, um, but because he hasn't, there just isn't anybody to market. And I think I that, wish we had a Samuel uh, Tom bobblehead night. Yeah, you know what? They should have given us someone shitty. It would just be. It would be just as iconic. <laughs> I would be happy to. It have would be a, way more iconic. Uh, you know, Corey Schooneman bobblehead. Like, fuck, he's young. He's fun. <laughs> sure, you know, like eh, he's, he's like twenty six. 
Okay, so not even. Yeah, I, I just remember seeing him as one of the rookies, but I guess he's a rookie because he's been in the AHL his whole career. Uh, so, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, all right. Chris Weidman, bobblehead, might be down for that. Very funny. I'd like a Matthew Perot bobblehead, please. Anyway, <laughs> it was indeed exactly 45 years ago, the 76-77 season, where Montreal went 68-12. and Cool. Got 132 points. Best Damn. team ever. Impressive. Which we celebrate 45 years later. There we go. I, I wonder if they did a 40-year celebration or if it's just our particularly, you know, they can pull one out every so often. I'm sure they have a catalog, yeah. you know, like you know, for every just, year. Honestly, yeah, go ahead. You could, you could literally make it the anniversary every single season. Next will be the 46th Absolutely. anniversary. Yeah, and I'm sure somebody on that team warned the number 46. So you could be, I don't know, you could call. Or you just Probably have not. five remarkable you have five remarkable years that happen to not be five years apart from each other. And then you have an interval like like a like a multiple of five anniversary every year they could go to if your team sucks. Um I guess that's the benefits of being like 110 years old as a franchise compared to, <laughs> I don't know, the Minnesota Wild, uh, who I'm not sure they have anything worth celebrating. Um, to be completely honest. Um other than their current team. So, uh, all right. So, that's that. That was a wild game. It was a fun time. Wait. I had a good time, even though the game one more thing, sucked. One more thing on the wild game. Uh, since we were there, and we got some waters, and they were served to us with no caps, which has been, you know, going on at the Bell Center for a long time. We got to wondering, why is it that they don't let you take caps on the beverages? So, we looked it up, and we found an article that I thought was pretty funny. That I will base. I'll try to summarize right now. Is that if you have a cap on a beverage bottle, you may use it as a projectile or a missile, and you can throw it to hurt someone. And if you don't have the cap, then you know, I guess you can't throw it that far, or the, or it just spills on someone and doesn't hurt them because the water slows the acceleration or whatever. And the second reason is that if you step on a bottle with no cap it'll just kind of crinkle up but if it has a cap on then you could like slip on it and hurt yourself so all about damage control here the more you know uh and yeah we learned that as we made our way outside of the arena so yeah we were we were well educated so there we go good stuff stay hydrated as we did uh and uh yeah that's why they don't let you keep the ball caps you know i actually asked that's why this is a point of contention i was like uh, like the woman who gave me the water bottle took it off and then threw out the cap. And I was like, okay, can I have the second cap? Like I, I got two water bottles and I was like, can I have the cap for the second one then? And she was like, no. And I was like, all right, fair enough. I wonder why the hell that is. I'm not going to make a fuss about it. And then we Googled it. So there we go. There, there's your story. Okay. So yeah, that's the wild game. It's actually, you know what? This was my first Habs game in person. since like grade two. And I got to say, I've yet to see a Habs win. So that's, that's your fun fact Aww. of the day. I think I'm like 0-3. And, and it's okay. It's okay. I was happy to see the Wild win this time around. Good for them. Yep. Um, so Montreal next. Lost to the Flyers. Almost as bad as they are. Uh, 6-3. Uh, I don't know if we have to go goal by goal at this point. Especially because there were a lot of them. And these are two really bad teams. And it was quite similar to the next game. Which they lost 6-4 to Ottawa. Um, one fun note of the week though is that Caulfield got his 19th and then 20th goal so after you know that god awful start St. Louis took over and he has hit 20 goals in his rookie season so that's very nice you'd like to see it in general though 
my main takeaway from this team this week is that they've totally lost the uh, adrenaline from the coaching change, or at least everyone except Caulfield has. And this is who they truly are. This is who they were at the start of the year. It's who they are at the end of the year. Eight losses in a row. And I would be opposed to Martin San Luis getting brought on as the full-time guy because it seemed like he just gave them a jolt of fresh air and it wore off in about a month and a half. Yeah, aside from, you know, really, like, Cole Caulfield is the, really the only one who's managed to sustain it. And sure, maybe he's the Cole Caulfield whisperer, but the problem is uh, he ain't whispering to anybody else anymore. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, there's no there's no engagement. They're, the, the team's not engaged. They're awful. Oh my God, they're awful in their own zone. Defensive lapses all over the place, giving the puck up in their own zone that lead to all these scoring chances and these goals to these bad teams. I think this team's on pace to... Like we mentioned, Florida had the most goals for in the cap era. I think this team is currently on pace with those, you know, 12 goals given up in the last two games to, and I think, let me check right now. I think it's three goals so far in the Boston game. Yeah, they're losing 3-1 right now in the second period. Um, they're on pace to have, to give up the most goals in the cap era. So, Montreal? you know, you gotta, really? <laughs> yeah, Montreal. Yeah, something, I think I saw that Twitter stand on Twitter. Um, uh, maybe not. Are you sure? Full cap like, era, even, but. Even like the 14-15 Sabres and like the 16-17 Avalanche, like really? Yes, on pace, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you can you can fact Even the me. Red Wings from 1920? No way. No, 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 no. Cap era, cap era, not the 1920. <laughs> not the no, no, I'm saying, the I'm saying oh. 2019, oh, the 2020. 19- Let's see. Um, anyways, we, we can look that up later, uh, but uh, I'll, I'll get back around to it. But either way, uh, yeah, this, this team's not engaged. You could tell uh, when we went to watch them. They're just, there's, there's no one that's engaged. Uh, and if you're not doing that as a coach, what the hell are you doing? And it, like tactically, he's clearly not doing any wonders for them. Like as a system in terms of their own zone, um, they're just out of whack. So I'm not sold on St. Louis at all. And also Carey Price was terrible in the last two games. He was just God awful. And I understand he's rusty. You know, he just came back as his fourth and fifth game of the year, but he looked like shit. Um, there's no denying it. All, whatever. He couldn't make a save. Whenever it was like any sort of decent chance for for the Flyers or the Sens, it was like, all right, this is going to go right fucking through him. Didn't even have to be a decent chance. I mean, just all sorts of goals from bad angles, from the boards. Just he, you know, you expect him to stop it. You expect an NHL goalie to stop it. So, you know, maybe he was invigorated in the Islanders game. He was fine. And the wild game that we watched, he was fine. But in those last two games in particular, he was just awful. And yeah, I think that's, that's one thing I was going to mention too. Yeah. That's one thing I was going to mention too. I don't know if it's fair to say, like, oh, that's just who he is. You know, it's been a pretty odd last year for him or so. And I think it's probably a very safe bet that he's going to be back next year. And that maybe, I think he'll probably be better than he has been in the last two games. Um, I also like the first goal they gave up to the Flyers. He like whiffed on a pass to Kale Clegg behind the net. And then Kale Clegg, do you remember this? I think it was the first Flyers goal. Did yeah. like, try to do like a facing the wrong way through his legs pass to Christian Dvorak. And it was just another failure. Um, I don't know if... I'm trying to remember. Did Clegg play the next game? My guess is he didn't because he was barely playing at all before that. I'm checking the lineups right now. And he didn't. And honestly, for a player who was already on such a short leash, and, you know, had guys like, you know, Corey Schooneman and Jordan Harris pass over him in the depth chart, uh, you need to not do stuff like that when you're with the little time you have, 
you're trying to look impressive. Like that's the type of thing that coaches hate, even if it was successful. It's like, what are you doing? Why are you making that pass? Why are you trying to look fancy? Just do anything but that. So I know he's like he's like still relatively young. I think he's like twenty three or twenty four. Um, but he is going to need to cut that type of thing out of his game or it's not gonna last for him in the NHL. Right. Yeah, no. It was uh yeah, it's, it, it, it's, and so, you know, if he's, if a young player like him is not being properly coached at this point, he's making boneheaded plays. I mean, we're not seeing any improvement uh, from this team, from players like, you know, like Clegg, where maybe they do have a future in the NHL. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it, I, I know the, the vibe right now is that I think San Luis looks like he's going to be the coach next year. Yet to see, obviously, nothing's confirmed, but, you know, people seem to be pleased with him, but especially given the last stretch, like, you know, the new coach vibe has kind of worn off. What can he do afterwards? He's shown nothing in terms of his ability technically as a coach to, you know, it kind of shows that like the last thing he was coaching was a peewee team, right? Like he hasn't, <laughs> he has no experience coaching an NHL team, any sort of professional team. And he comes in and sure he can motivate people, but tactically, yeah, if they can't, they can't get out of their own zone. They're just making dumb play after dumb play. And that's, that's on coaching. They, <laughs> I mean, the roster sucks, but it's also on the coaching too. So, you know, I was on the fence with St. Louis up until now. I was like, okay, maybe he's not as good as people think he is because A, the bar was so low and B, it's hard to tell with this new coach effect. But I'm really starting to think that he's not, maybe not such a good coach. Maybe, well, I mean, there's room for improvement. He hasn't done barely any coaching uh, in his career. But right now as he is, I honestly don't think he's an NHL coach. Yeah, I think we, that kind of, you know, is a good way to wrap it up on the Habs. They suck their trash. And they won't be good for a long time. Uh, how's that? Any, any final thoughts on them? Nope. Got nothing else. That's about right. <laughs> All right. Before we do the trivia, update on our far-fetched multiple tiebreaker scenario. Minnesota is beating Nashville one nothing right near the tail end of the first period. So things are on track for Nashville to lose by a little bit, which is a step in the right direction for our play-in-game scenario. We're cheering for this, aren't we? We're full-blown cheering for this. We're Oh, yes, we, we certainly all are. All my money on it. Let's go. It's, it's happening. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, Watch. Okay. We almost get there, but then Nashville beats Arizona by like 10 goals instead of 11 or something, and then it's over. Heartbroken. Heartbro- or, or they score one too many goals. They they needed nine, and they got 10. Like, got oh, there. exactly. <laughs> and it, all right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It is trivia time now. Um. As you've likely heard, Montreal Canadiens legend Guy Lafleur passed away this week, and that actually only came a few days after New York Islanders legend Mike Bossy passed away, which I think was before our last episode, but we forgot to mention. Um, so, in honor of these two hockey legends, I will be giving Taisei a quiz called Guy Lafleur or Mike Bossy where I'm going to dis- to tell you something that one of these players did, and you're going to have to tell me which one it was. How's this sound? All right. That sounds good to me. That's pretty straightforward. All right. So, yeah, it's pretty straightforward. And it's, of course, 50-50 questions. And there are 10 of them. So everything in 7 on 10 are standard. Uh, yep. That sounds good to me. All right. Let's get going. Question number one. I have won the Stanley Cup exactly four times. Am I Guy Lafleur or Mike Bossy? Uh, I think that is Mike Bossy. I think we'll throw one more Stanley Cups. That is correct. Mike Bossy won four Stanley Cups. And Guy Lafleur won five. So you nailed it so far. Next up, 
I am 12th all-time in points per game with 1.202. Ooh. Okay. Uh, I know they were both big-time point scorers, or goal scorers. I think Mike Bossy is one of the greats. I think when it comes to points, I would guess that the edge went to LaFleur because I know he had, he's more of a, like, he had the goals and he also had the assists. I'm going to say Guy LaFleur. Yes, the answer is Guy Lafleur. Uh, it was twelfth all time in points per game, but your logic was completely flawed because Mike Bossy was actually higher than twelfth. Wow. So, <laughs> <laughs> better to be lucky than to be good, I guess. You all have right. to see it. All right, nice. Uh-huh. All right, so you're two for two. Next up, I was drafted first overall in 1971. Huh. I think. Guy Lafleur doesn't feel like a first overall draft pick. Mike Bossy does. Just on vibes, I'm going to go with Mike Bossy. Wrong. Guy Lafleur was the first overall pick in 1971. Huh. Yep. I think think Marcel Dion went second that year. I might be getting mixed up. But anyway, Mike Bossy went 15th overall in 1977. He actually... I read this stat on Wikipedia. He scored 309 goals in five seasons in junior, but he was considered not rugged enough and weak defensively by NHL scouts. Wow, that's a poor scouting job, I gotta say. Well, you know, <laughs> I feel, they said the same things about Mario Lemieux. Isn't there a famous story he scored like 10 points one game and the scouts were like, oh, he needs to back check more or something. That sounds about right for like people in the 70s it's, or 80s. And it's even a, people it's today. A as old as time. But like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, that checks out. I'm not surprised in the slightest. All right, so you're two for three. Next up, I am a two-time Hart Trophy winner and three-time Art Ross Trophy winner. Ooh. Man, did they even have the Hart Trophy back when, like, Guy Lafleur was playing? You gotta wonder. Well, did they play during similar eras? I guess they did, eh? Huh. Huh. Interesting. I'm going to say Mike Bossy based on Wrong. nothing. Oh, fuck me. All right. Mike Bossy never won either one of those awards. And the Hart Trophy was first awarded in 1924. God damn. <laughs> it's literally the MVP trophy. <laughs> what were you thinking? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I thought maybe Hart was like a young, like, you know, a recent dude. Not sure. Like Carter Hart? Like Carter Hart. Maybe it was, you know. Hard to say. Hard to say. But uh, that's, that's... It's hard that's, uh, to say. <laughs> it's a rough time here. All right. So uh, I'm two right. and two. Two for four. Yep. Uh, All right. Okay, go ahead. I have only played for one NHL team. Ah. Huh. Huh. I think Gilafleur played for multiple, if I'm not correct. Like, I think at the end of his career... I'm going to say Mike Bossy is Mr. One Team Guy. You are correct on that. Uh, Guy Lafleur played a little bit for the New York Rangers and a little bit for the Quebec Nordiques. And wait, let me just look at something on his, on his stats real quick because he actually... Oh, yeah, it was at the end of his career. It was the Quebec Remparts that he played with in junior, not the Nordiques before Montreal. Anyway... You were correct. You're three for five. Next up, I am 22nd all time in goals per game. 22nd? Hmm. 
I feel like Mike Bossy's like significantly higher than 22nd. Where, you know. Yeah, like, hmm. Because he was the goal guy. Okay, I'm going to say it's. Wait, say that. Say the question again. I am 22nd all time in goals per game. That seems like such a flawed stat. Because, like, you know, some dude playing three games could score three goals and call it, you know. Oh, I, I think there was a threshold. It's There's oh. no, like, Sven Bershi shit going on. or. Okay. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll pull up the list again to make sure. I'll tell you the lowest amount of games that anyone on the uh, on the list played. How's that sound? Here we go. Sure. On quanthockey.com. Um, oh, whoops. I just... Okay. Looks like the... Lowest amount of career games someone in the top 22 has is 272. So, okay, so that's a decent they all have sample. careers. All right. I'm going to say Guy Lafleur because this time I think Mike Bossy's higher than 22nd. You are correct. Mike Bossy is first all-time in goals per game. There we go. With, I could not have been more with, correct if I tried. <laughs> yeah, with <laughs> .762. And I didn't realize... Uh, like how good he was. He had 573 goals in 752 games. That's and insane. I didn't mention this before in the points per game stat, but he's third all time in points per game. Yeah. <laughs> and his Christ. career is, he, his career is cut short. Um, yeah. Uh, he had to retire like 29 or 30, but points per game. I think it was like Gretzky, Lemieux, bossy, and then McDavid or something like that. Uh, yeah. Gretzky, Lemieux, Bossy, McDavid, or Dion Crosby. That's the top seven. Crazy. And you said that's points per game, right? Huh. Yeah. That's and uh... Artemi Panarin's number 20 on this list. Look at that. All right. Way to go. Keep it up. Keep that rate up, Artemi. Good shit. Yeah, way to go. All, All right. right. Uh, so you are four for six, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So now we're getting a little wacky. Oh, no. All right. You ready? Hate this. I played myself in a movie called Les Boys 4 in 2005. Ooh. Man. Because, okay, you, you hear Les Boys 4 and you think Guy Lafleur, right? Because, like, francophone. But I think Mike Bossy's like, I feel like this is like, are you trying to prank me by giving me the French name of a movie? And then it's actually not the guy with a French-sounding name. Like, they're both from Quebec, right? Um, okay, I think you're trying to pull one over on me. I'm going to say it's Mike Bossy. It is Mike Bossy. You got it. Let's go. And I wasn't trying to pull Let's one go. over for you. I just thought that was a, a fun fact that I read. So I decided I would throw it in. Mm. Um, but your thought fact. process Thank worked you. anyway. All right. So you're in good shape. Five for seven. Um, next. I sold most of my personal hockey memorabilia in a silent auction in 2001, including four Stanley Cup rings. All right, could you say that again? I think the, my, my audio cut out for, for a fat second. Oh, yeah, I'll repeat it. I sold most of my personal hockey memorabilia in a silent auction in 2001, including four Stanley Cup rings. Hmm. Interesting. So you said Mike Bossy had four Stanley Cups wins. 
right? That was the, I think the first question. And I'm inclined to believe he would keep at least one if he were to sell them. And I think Guy Lafleur is more. So if he sold four, I think Guy's the kind of guy where he can afford to sell four and keep more. To, to not that rhyme was completely unintentional. So I'm gonna guess uh, Guy Lafleur because I don't think someone would sell Correct. all their rings. Correct, you got it. That is the one I was trying to trick trick you with. I thought you were gonna go. Oh, I remember this. You said Mike Boss. He had four Stanley Cups, but you didn't fall for it. You're go. too smart for me. Too good. All right. Too so I, in fact, I. I leveraged that fact into the correct answer. So <laughs> Yeah, you sure did. All right. <laughs> oh, well. Go ahead. Right. <laughs> Next, Next up. up. Question number nine. This one's for the win. Okay. I broke my kneecap competing in the long jump when I was 12 years old. Ooh. Who seems more the long jump type? Gee or Mike? Hmm. I, I love just answering these questions based off of nothing but a gut feeling and who's the who's the long jump guy? Hmm. I like on first thought it's Mike Bossy. You know, like it feels like you know, like he's an like long jump feels like an anglophone sport, to be totally honest. Uh I don't know why I said that. It's based off of nothing. So long. <laughs> See, I've never heard that ever said. In my life. Because you're an Anglophone. That's right. But even if I was a Francophone, I suspect that I might never hear that turn of phrase. Um, unless I was watching the Olympics on, like, Radio Canada. Um, hmm. Okay. I'm going to go with my gut. Is it Mike Bossy, Mr. Anglophone Long Jump? Yes, it is Mike Bossy. And this is actually uh, the injury that was the i guess predecessor for all his knee problems during his uh -huh. hockey career and ultimately led to his early retirement damn he screwed it up when he was 12 years old god damn that's terrible you hate to see it yeah He's just a kid he's uh -huh. just a kid all right and finally last question for some extra sauce i became the quebec sales director of the humpty dumpty company in 2003 <laughs> okay hmm See, I feel like Guy Lafleur is like famous enough. Well, they're both very famous though, so it's like, you know, hmm. I feel like Humpty Dumpty. That's Mike Bossy vibes. So I'm gonna say Mike Bossy. Correct again. There Eight for go. ten. Very solid performance and victory on this piece of Lafleur or Bossy Thank trivia. Thank you. Good stuff. Uh, I gotta say, I went with some uh, dumb fucking logic at sometimes, uh, but it managed to pull me into the victory. So. You know, yeah, as I said earlier, this trivia quiz, it's better be lucky than to be good sometimes. And I think this is definitely one of them, like Anglophone <laughs> long jump vibes. Uh, and I don't know. What was the other one? Like, My favorite one was when you were like, oh, I don't think Bossy's all the way, as high as 12 points per game. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Lafleur. Correct. But Bossy's actually third. Yeah. Dumb shit like that. Uh, yeah. Got me the win. You'll love to see it. I'm not complaining. And uh, so, yeah, there we go. I very well could right. have lost this quiz very easily, but it's okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. But you had the breaks go your way. Big win. Pucks in deep. Okay. Mm -hmm. So is there anything else uh, you want to mention before we call it an episode? Uh, uh, we can mention the fact that Dryden McKay got like, you know, accidentally suspended six months for doping an extremely small amount. Yeah, there we go. We've mentioned it. 
Um, yeah, I have I have nothing to add. It looks like they're not going to take away his Hobie Baker because I think most people agree it seems to have been very accidental. Like you know, he took a supplement and it was the initial on the suspension label. was two years. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then it's been uh, reduced to six months now. And I think it was a trillionth of a gram of quercetin. So there we go. How do they even find that? That's so that's so tiny. I know. I don't know any a trillionth of anything. I've never heard of that. Um, but a trillionth of a gram. That's crazy. But they did it. And now he's done for six months. Just I guess the message for the athletes is watch what you put in your supplements. Get them tested. So you don't you don't get dried in McCade. Yeah. So you don't get sabotaged. By your own no, supplements. That's what happened. Yes. Yeah. All right. <laughs> no, no, someone tried to poison him or anything. Or reverse poison. Uh, so that's that. Uh, I don't poison. think we're. I, <laughs> I, I don't think we're gonna pick a team this week because it is not only a short week because it's the last week and it ends on Friday, but next week will be the playoff preview because all the matchups will be set, uh, and we may even have a play-in game between Nashville and Vegas to talk about if all goes well. It's if all goes according may. to our plan, it's a very if all goes according may. to our master yeah. plan, then yeah. that may happen. <laughs> Um. Uh, oh, actually, the regular season does not end on Friday because there's a rescheduled Kraken versus Jets game scheduled for Sunday, May 1st, which is the actual last game of the season, which will not matter at all. But yeah, it's happening ga- then at, <laughs> at 2 p.m. Um, that that game could anyway, not be more. That game could not be more irrelevant if it tried. Um, yeah, it's good for them. They're doing I, it. They're doing it. They are. They sure are doing it. Draft lottery implications, perhaps. Um. Either way, the season will be done by next Sunday evening uh, and we will preview all the playoff matchups and we will also do maybe nothing else that'll probably take a big chunk of time we'll see thanks for listening to this week's fusion and hockey podcast Instagram fusion and hockey podcast Twitter at Alex's new handle at Taisefu Hotel Trivago the end Ooh.